Hey everyone, welcome to Mandarin Baptist Church, where we are the generations declaring the redemptive story of God on everyday mission. We hope you are doing well. We are officially in our Easter season here at Mandarin, and we are so thankful that you would join us. As we begin, we want to encourage you to check out our website at mandarinbaptist.org. There are several important dates we want you to be aware of, and even some important schedule changes coming up. You can always stay up to date with us if you join our email list or even follow us on social media. It's Easter, and it is our abounding joy to explore the heart of our Rescuer and Redeemer in this season. His name is Jesus, and we yearn to know more of His heart. Over the next weeks, our faith family will share in the study of biblical texts that draw each of us into the very heart of Christ. Whether it's through Christ's present intercession for us, His advocacy on our behalf, or His love for us to the very end, Easter season will rejuvenate your soul as the fountain of God's love pours into you and through you. Now let's enjoy a beautiful Easter and together learn to love our Savior even more. We've, we, we're going into the next five weeks of, of Easter celebrations at church from praying together to shared communion today and shared communion on Good Friday and a night of worship. And we've kind of given it away right at the beginning. He's resurrected, he's good, and we're alive. So uh, hopefully you knew that walking in. But um, we're, we're going to spend a few weeks just talking about the biblical reality of who Jesus is. Um, there's a question that we should ask ongoing, like, who are you, Lord? Maybe it's on the screen in this way. Who is he? And in answering that question, um, who is he? We begin to discover this truth and this reality I'm learning more about who he is. And in doing so, I'm learning more because Philippians 2 says this of us, that our attitude, our life, our steps, our faith, our action is to be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And so I'm not only learning, God, who are you? I'm learning who you are, but we will be learning together through scripture who we are over the next few weeks and hopefully over the rest of our days as we discover our, our, our beauty that is a reflection of his on. And so um, welcome to worship again today. If you would like to turn in scripture, we're going to read from the 11th chapter of um, Matthew's gospel. So Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And we're going to talk again for the next few weeks about who is Jesus? Who is he? What does scripture say about his heart? We should know these things. What do we learn from him as he prays? Who is he really? Like what's most natural for him? Like when we just start to talk about Jesus, we just kind of know this is the very nature of Jesus. And because that's his nature, it's becoming ours, right? So this isn't a study of the life of Jesus. This is a study of our heart and how we are aligning with the life of Jesus as well. And so um, what ignites within him when he meets sinners and sufferers? How, how is this going? I, I want, um, for the last three months, Rick Wheeler and I were chatting about this this morning. Uh, there's a great resource that I would like to put online this morning just so you can grab it. 
Um, I spent the last three months just walking through Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly, and it is an incredible resource that you could just go far beyond our conversations in this room and just grab a chapter a day over the next month in the season of Easter and just grow in the grace and knowledge of who Jesus is. Let's kind of do that together. Let's, let's kind of dive deep in on who are you, Lord? What ignites within you? These are the great things to explore in this season of resurrection. So happy Easter. Welcome to Easter. It's beautiful. So we want to answer this question, who are you, Lord? And in, in wrestling with this question, we're going to understand who are we are and maybe more importantly, who we're becoming as he is just growing us in the grace and knowledge of who he is. And so before I read the scripture, I wanted you to meet a friend of mine. Um, and and I, I am going to see him this week. Uh, we're going over um, to the, the Okaloosa County area. Glory to God. All five of our kids were born there. We're going to spend spring break hanging out. And I have breakfast with this guy. He's on the screen right now. His name is Pat. He's a friend of mine, a prayer partner for about 13 years, a guy that I love heart and soul. And I can tell you a lot of things about Pat. So I can tell you um, about his height. So I could tell you uh, about his hobbies. And in fact, I think three or four of my kids learned to fish from Pat. And they were successful at catching fish out of his pond. And so um, I can tell you about his hobbies. I can tell you the number of his favorite NASCAR driver. I don't know that about a single person in this room. If you're a NASCAR fan, could you text it to me so, and tell me your name? Or just tell me after service. I know nothing about you. I could tell you, because um, he's a huge Braves fan, as I was like surfing through his Facebook page to grab a few pictures. Um, they were standing at Braves Stadium. I can tell you his favorite Braves team and several of the guys who played on it, this was a daily deal with them, the Braves. Anyone a Braves fan in the house? This is, this is so sad for Pat. I could care less, but he would. And so uh, I could tell you about his job, that who he works with at the property appraiser's office. I can tell you about his personality, his kids, his wife. I can tell you a lot of things about him. But the next picture is really just kind of neat because I want you to know a little more because I can, I can talk about a lot of folks like this, but I think Jesus is wanting us to kind of dive more deeply together in communion with him and communion with one another because I can tell you this, this happened not probably more than dozens of times, probably a hundred or more times that I would walk up with Pat. This is Pat and his grandkid. You can throw up the next picture if you want. This is normal for Pat. This is what I know about Pat. He loves kids and he loves kids ministry. And as I started to look at his images, um, this wasn't things from the past. It's like the present where he's dressed kind of like a moderate idiot. And yet he's doing it for the sake of Jesus. And so, so why not, right? And so um, Pat is just continuing this day to serve. But I would catch his eye at times as kids would be gathered in our programming. And I would see Pat and I would see the pen and paper in his hand. And I knew what he was drawing because I knew that's what our kids leaders were about. And I knew that some kid had said to Pat, I want to know Jesus. And I knew that Pat and looking at me and I looked at him in that moment was guiding that, that child toward Christ. And then the next venture would be to seek me out and they would sit down together or we would sit down together and we would talk about this love relationship with Jesus that became more than a thought, but became life. It was the heart of this guy, but it was even more beautiful. Cynthia was with me on this trip. And she was one of the kids sitting with him when I caught his eye in Central Asia and he was doing what he does in Crestview, Florida, in Central Asia. And he has about 13 kids gathered around him. And I'm sitting over kind of doing what Cam did, praying with a slew of missionaries. And I catch his eye and he catches mine. And both of us, I'm crying now, both of us 
are just crying about how kind our Lord is. How kind he is to choose us to advance his gospel. How gracious he is to visit with us and invite us in to his story so that we could minimize our story and yet make his story glorious and great. And I just locked eyes. There's, there's something you should know about the friendships that I am praying that we share as we take communion and begin our Easter season. I'm not praying that you can name where we live or my neighborhood or how many kids I have, which is pretty difficult for the single family and less really challenging with their names, even more challenging for the single family. I'm not wanting you to stop there. I long for us to move past kind of the 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 surface level things and become a people of communion who know each other's heart. And when we look at one another, there are moments when we know we're in the middle of Jesus and what he has made us to accomplish on this earth. And a tear runs down our face when we're just going, you are fully alive right now. That's what Jesus, I think, is praying for us as his people. Um, one of the things Dane Orland wrote in his research, he just said, in all four gospel accounts, there's only one place in scripture where we see his heart. And so I want to be fair to the gospels, what we do see, but there's one place, and we're about to read it, uh, where we see his heart. I mean, we read of his birth, absolutely. We know probably most of us in this room were aware of his birth. We're aware at least of ministry plans. We're aware of some of his travels, which were not copious. Um, but we're prolific for the shifting of the world. We know about his disciples. We can probably talk about some of his miracles. We can talk about some of his habits of which I pray they're forming in us so that he can form in us. We can talk about a lot of these things. We have truths that he has taught us. We have parables that he has told us. But in Matthew, the 11th chapter, verses 28 through 30, he tells us about his core. And every one of us in this room should be so thankful for this passage of scripture. Now in fairness, I would like to read what won't come up on the screen, but since we've left the 17th chapter of the gospel of John and prayed that we would meet Jesus in the heart of the unity of the Father, Son, and Spirit, I want to read the predecessor verse, the verses 28 through 30. All things, Matthew eleven twenty-seven says, have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. And so just wanted to come at you with a context of holy communion to the Father, Son, and Spirit so that you can now see his heart. So come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you can you just breathe in that? Thank you, Lord. Take up my yoke and learn from me. And here's where he shows us his heart. For I am gentle. I am humble. And I am lowly of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the heart of the Savior and Redeemer through which and of which and whom which we worship. He is almost pulling back the veil and he is showing us 
who he is, and maybe just this truth, who we may become in him as we are a people who come to him, who pursue his throne of grace, who draw near to him. And the scripture says this, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. He makes his way toward us. The heart for you to understand is he says, I want you to know my heart. It's not like your aptitude, your skill level. It's, it's really not um, your emotional being. The heart is the central center, the animating feature of all that you are and all that you do. The scripture probably can't do justice when we are translating it into English. It is like the bowels of who you are, the guts of who you are. The word heart just feels a little more palatable to us who are readers or listeners. He is saying from the very essence of the core of who I am, I am gentle and lowly. I am compassionate and moved. I am coming after you and drawing you in. And in my gentleness, in the smile as you approach my throne, in the finished work of the fierce passion of my soul, I welcome you in and there is rest for your soul. Welcome to communion. Welcome to Easter. I want you to know that, that, that the very animating center of Jesus is gentility, is gentleness and humility. And it is our motivation headquarters. It's where we're kind of saying, Lord, would you draw me toward this as well? And I will not park on this, but I will just say, I'm not positive that the body of Christ has wrapped our hearts around the heart of Jesus. And I would pray that you would pray that you would share the heart of Jesus. We are seeking power control. Jesus is gentle and humble. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give himself as a ransom for many. I will pause and let that be for this day. More to come. This motivation headquarters is not only who he is, it's who we are. Lord, would you teach us to become more aware of who we are in you? And I would just say as we move toward partaking of communion together, I just want you to know this, that Jesus in sharing this is, is, is utterly accessible. He is welcoming. No one is more approachable than him. And I'm so thankful for the leadership of Cam in that prayer as he just comes as a friend of sinners smiling before us and says, welcome, come unto me. He's healing for the broken. Those who fellowship with Jesus are those of us who are weary and who long for rest. Those who fellowship with Jesus are those of us in this room who are heavy laden. And I don't know in this season that we've experienced, this is within a week or two, and I don't know if it's this week, next week, or the one after, but within the next week or two, I will have stood before our church one year ago and said, I don't know when we'll sit in this room again. And in the past year, I would imagine that most of us have reached some moment of being weary and heavy laden. And Jesus says to us, I want you to know who I am. I am gentle and humble of heart. I know there's been chaos in your life. If you will come to me, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And I want to give you rest. Could we, could we stop seeking that rest in other venues and come to Christ? Gather at his table. Take in the body and blood reflecting and symbolizing the completed work of the cross. 
The only qualifying attribute according to this passage for your walking into the presence of God is your weariness. I don't believe that is a full New Testament rubric, so don't quote me as the entirety of walking in the presence of God. Just let me quote this passage. Apparently, according to Scripture, for those of us who need rest, I want to welcome you to any pretenses that you think you need to put before the Lord. For those of us who are weary and heavy laden, he is saying, come on. It qualifies you to be in my presence. I am more than enough. I am rest for your soul. And what do we gain as we come into him as weary and heavy laden? Rest. Rest for our soul. Jesus had profound impact on the weary and burdened. As the New Testament church gathered for the early times of taking and partaking of communion, they gathered as a people who were under persecution and martyrdom. As they would sit at the table, there were those who were not at the table because they were no longer with them and yet fully with Christ. They came and sat at this communion table as a New Testament early church, much as we do today as a New Testament 2,000-year-old church, coming before the Lord and saying, we need you. We want to sit at your table. We want to find rest in you. Imagine what it meant when they gathered and they shared their belief, their compassion, their love. They shared in remembrance, not only of the work of Christ, but in remembrance of those who have sat around the table with them and who are now perfectly with the Lord. What a glorious moment we're about to share as we walk into this communion table, as we come broken and find our life in him. You, Lord, are the wine. You are the shed blood for the remission of our sins. That is who you are. And that is why we come and we worship. And communion is not solely about intimacy with Jesus. It is about the wonder of us and the intimacy that we share with one another. Can you imagine that Jesus is not only saying this, and I'm praying this for the church, so would you just hear me right now? And if your friend is kind of moving about and not with it, just hear this prayer as I prepared for this moment, and I'm praying for us in the communion. I do recognize that Jesus is rest for our souls, but I've also prayed as a people who are ambassadors of his grace that we would be, as the body of Christ, rest for this community. And I don't pray that lightly. And as I invite you into communion, I am inviting you to pray this with me. That not only will we celebrate and remember the work of the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, but remember that work among us. And remember that surrounding us on a daily basis is a weary and heavy laden world. And while I am referring in this moment to this gathering of the body of Christ, I'm also referring to about 10 to 15 minutes from now as we scatter across this city, city that we are a people of rest for the city as we proclaim the one name under heaven by which men, women, and children are saved and find rest. Will you join me in that prayer for this church, for our faith family? Because Jesus is humble and lowly, that's who we are, compassionate, open, willing, 
Only as we take in the kindness of the heart of Christ will we leave in our wake the beautiful aroma of heaven. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that people will see these glimpses of Jesus. And so Jesus says, look, I'm, I'm a place of rest. I know that's a wearying world. I know that you, you are troubled. I know that there are challenges. And there is only one thing that you need to do to be a part of this rest, this soul rest that is deep within you. It's the first three words of Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Would you just speak them aloud as you read them? A little louder. The invitation of the Lord to experience this rest is simply this. Come to me. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Come to me. So there's one thing that we're to do as his people. It's to remember. The entirety of our life together is this. And I put it up on the screen for you. um, Is this. We are to go to Jesus. And the second thing we are to do. The second thing we are to do. Repeat number one. As a body of Christ, as individual followers of Jesus, as a family that's re- that, that resides under a roof together, we are a people who come to Jesus with all of our wearies and our burdens. They qualify us to stand in his presence and to find rest. For his yoke is easy. His burden is light. His work is complete. And we are a people of the finished work of the cross and the resurrection of Christ. And so we share together because that is true in Holy Communion. Church, thank you so much for stopping by and spending part of your day listening to God's word with us. We are all here to journey together towards Christ. We would love to help you take your next step of faith maybe even here with our Mandarin family. If you would like more information on what your steps, if you would like more information on what steps you could take, please check out our website, follow us on social media, or even reach out through email. All links can be found on our website at mandarinbaptist.org. Thanks again for joining us this Easter season. We hope to see you soon.